Welcome to Word and a Weapon Podcast. Biblically guided safety and security tips, techniques, and tactics for everyday Christian warriors. With your host, Guy Beveridge, CEO of Protectors Toolkit, Christian safety and security made simple. Now here's your host, Guy Beveridge. Welcome once again, my friends, to Word and a Weapon Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 3. This is a podcast that's easy to get into, get out of, and get on with your day. That gives you a word from the Word, something that came into my life in the last days or weeks that impacted me as a Christian, either from Bible studies or a sermon that I read or uh, heard or something that just came up so frequently. I knew God was definitely giving it to me so I could turn around and give it to you. And then I give you a weapon, something you can take with you to have in your toolbox or have in your tool belt as a Christian warrior operating in the times and days that we are living in right now. It's going to be a tip, trick or technique that you can implement in your day to day operations as a warrior. So let's get on with it today. I'm going to talk to you from the word and the allegory that's illustrated in Matthew 13, where Jesus is talking about the scattering of seeds. Now, you know, I've heard this parable. Uh, a number of times in my life. It's come up in a number of different ways, a number of different times, and I'm sure you've heard it and used it uh, in your uh, Christian walk as well. And it was most recently uh, brought back into my life uh, by the executive pastor at my church, uh, Grace Christian Center, uh, by the executive pastor, Pastor Matt. And he was he was talking about seasons that we're living in. And, uh, and then I started thinking about this a little bit differently or making maybe coming with a different perspective on it. Uh, in Matthew 13, so let's just align here. Jesus is teaching a couple lessons through parables or allegory as he is prone to do. Uh, and one of them, obviously, is the parable of the farmer sowing seed. And it goes this way. A, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seeds fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. So there you go, Matthew 13. Now, in the beginning part of the message or the story, um, we also let's set the stage just a little bit, too. We there's a huge crowd that had gathered to hear Jesus speak. You know, he's, he's gaining some notoriety and people are coming to hear him speak. Uh, the crowd was so large, in fact, that he had to get into a boat and push out away from the shore just so everybody could hear and see him. Now, the interesting thing about this crowd also we need to know is this uh, for this particular message that it was Im uh, immediately relatable to everybody there because the people that sat around the shore and listened intently, uh, farming was very familiar to them. They could really visualize the story that, uh, that Jesus was uh, unwrapping for them of a farmer going out to sow seed. They could easily imagine all the steps that went into that. Uh, I'm sure that probably some of them just come from doing that or doing something around uh, you know, surrounding seed, either sowing or harvesting. They could imagine the weight of the bag of the seed that the farmer was carrying and how the soil was prepared and the act of sowing the seed by hand. So I'm sure that most of the people in the crowd listening were very e easily able to empathize with the farmer who had lost his seed to the birds, of course, uh, to the sun and to the weeds. And I can also imagine in this picture, when I'm picturing this, the seed was expensive. So maybe these these people that were sitting around listening to this story, like, hey, who the heck is this farmer being so careless with his seed, right? He just throws it anywhere. 
Um, he wasn't being very intentional with where he was putting it. And he's just throwing these precious seeds everywhere. And how many times have, have we seen people do something you're really good at only to judge them the whole time? Right. I, uh, I am guilty of that. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to ask for grace on that. Right. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure I'm not the only guy on the planet that picks apart an action movie as I watch it. Right. And how many shots were fired out of a 15 round magazine when it really seems like they're shooting a uh, hundred bullets out of one magazine, things like that. And maybe the people sitting around were thinking, Hey, this farmer, whoever you're, this farmer is in this story, maybe he should have inspected his fields better. Maybe he should have buried the seeds deeper. His methods uh, probably seem very unconventional to those that uh, were sitting there and had done it before, and they probably had better results. Um, and, and, and for us, maybe this story missed a meaning for us. And, you know, we tend to think of the seeds as Christ saying, hey, you need to be in good soil and everything that you do. But what if we take it a little bit differently and we say, what if we are the actual seeds themselves, right? Hey, I know that's a plot twist, of course, but think about that. What if we are the actual seeds that are be, being scattered around? What if God has scattered us not in some random haphazard pattern, but in a carefully designed way where he wants us to grow for the kingdom? Of course, we all want to be in the best soil. We want to have the best water, the exact amount of sunlight we need um, to be able to flourish, right? We want to be cultivated and nurtured. We want people to come sing lullabies to us as we're, if we're going to be a seed and be growing. Um, we don't, uh, we don't want the weeds. We don't want the thorns. We want the birds to be minimized uh, and eliminated. But maybe what God really needs us to be a strong seed in a difficult area so that we can learn something or think about this friends someone can learn something from us as a seed listen friend god always wants the best for us he loves us unconditionally and without end never ceasing never quitting never stopping what if uh, also god put us in the best soil and the best location but we through our fallen nature, added the weeds, we added the thorns, we added birds, and we added the harsh weather and sunlight into our own lives. Have you done that at some point in your life? I know how I have. What if he keeps trying to replant us, keeps trying to give us the best soil, keeps trying to prune the thorns, keeps trying to remove weeds, keeps shooing away birds, and keeps trying to give us shade, but we ignore it, or maybe even worse, we fight against it, we're just actively against seeing what God is trying to do for us in our lives. Here's what I know, friends. God wants us to produce fruit wherever we are. Wherever he has scattered us and put us, he wants us to produce fruit. I'll say that again. God wants us to produce fruit wherever we are. Listen in John 15, 8. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. And again, we hear in Colossians 1, 10. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And if we needed another example of how God wants us to bear fruit, Jeremiah 17, 8 says this. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes for its leaves remain green, never withering and is not anxious to the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. That's what God wants for us to bear fruit. Friends, if we're not allowed ourselves to be rooted in Christ, our spirits can wither under the heat of the scorching sun of our tribulations 
or tests that we give ourselves. The thorns and weeds of life, whether it be bills, relationships, jobs, money, which threaten to choke out the fruit of the spirit growing inside can crush us. All too often, we want personal growth and development. We all want this. We just don't want the cost that is usually associated with it, which is sometimes self-sacrifice, sometimes uh, discomfort, or even the time necessary for us to grow and flourish. We may often look at our situations and ask, why was I planted here? Why am I in this rocky soil? Why do I have these thorns? Why are these birds coming after me? Listen, Jesus wants us to grow where we're scattered. He promised us, he promises that the seeds he sows will not be pointless. Us, it's not pointless. He promises that we will grow and flourish in peace. And there are three things I know, friend, and take these today. There is hope. The master farmer wants to do something within you, wherever you are. And we can either choose to be like the seeds in the parable that were eaten, burned, and buried in bad soil, or we can choose to be like Christ who grew where he was planted, dying to self, dying for us under the worst conditions. So now let's get into the weapon side of word and a weapon here. And I'm going to talk today about seeds and securing our seeds and even further than that, securing our online seeds. You know, when we think of keeping ourselves safe in public spaces, we typically think of tangible tools, things we can touch, things we can really feel, such as a gun or a knife to keep ourselves safe whenever we're moving in public spaces. We might think of situational awareness, or if you've been listening to me for more than a minute, you know I always promote the necessity for risk assessments. But today, I'm going to talk about something virtual. I'm going to talk about another way to keep yourself safe and secure in the public space, the online public space that we're all faced with nowadays. Listen to some of these interesting statistics that I looked up. In 2016, 95% of breached records came from only three industries, and those industries were government, retail, and technology. Now, the reason isn't necessarily because those industries are less diligent in their protection of customer records. No, that's absolutely not the case. They're just very popular targets because of the high level of personal identifying information contained in their records. Number two, for statistics, there's a hacker attack every 39 seconds. A study at the University of Maryland uh, is one of the first to quantify this. A near constant rate of hacker attacks of computers with Internet access uh, every 39 seconds on average, affecting one in three Americans every single year. A third of all Americans are affected every single year the, the, through the use of non-secure usernames and passwords. And we give, we give attackers more and more chances of success through that. Number four, since COVID-19, the U.S. FBI reported a 300% increase in reported cyber crimes. Friends, I didn't say that number wrong. A 300, since COVID-19 started, a 300% increase in related cyber crimes. Yes, a global pandemic is very, very scary, but for criminals, it's a great, great mixture. They love things like that because it causes regular everyday people like you to lose focus. You're focused on COVID-19 and how that's affecting your family. And we're less focused maybe on what we should be doing to protect our networks. We make them vulnerable to attack uh, because we're also think about this. We're working more and more from home. 9.7 million healthcare records were compromised in September 2020 alone. According to the HIPAA journal, 83 breaches were attributed to hacking or IT incidences and 9 million records were exposed in those breaches. 95% of cybersecurity breaches are due to human error. 
friends, I cannot tell you enough. I think that number is actually a little bit higher. In every instance of cybersecurity, I would just say it's 100% somewhere in that chain of events, there was a human error that was allowed to occur. Cyber criminals and hackers will infiltrate your company. Think of now your company is you. You are your company. You have to be the best agent in charge of your company. You have to be your own best IT department in your company, which is you investing in yourself through your weakest link, which is almost never the IT department of a company. Also, we need to know that connected IoT devices will reach 75 billion by 2025. That's a projection. IoT devices, what are those? The IoT, uh, currently it's a 31 billion connected devices. Uh, that was in 2020. And then by 2025, they're projecting to be 75 billion IoT devices. What are they? That's the Internet of Things, IoT, the Internet of Things. These are your connected devices in your house, your smart refrigerator, smart lights, smart outlets, smart thermostats. And friends, haven't you seen recently where... Uh, a power company has turned people's thermostats down because they're connected to the network. So what does all this mean for you, the Christian warrior out there in your day-to-day -day activities? Well, it means the average person must start thinking of themselves in their homes, like I said, their business and run it like a company. You have to start thinking of yourself as a company and you have to start now becoming your own IT department and get smarter about these type of things. You have to establish an effective and robust IT department within yourself, within your depart your home and within your family. Uh, IBM's chairperson, president and CEO, Ginny uh, Romney said this, cybercrime is the greatest threat to every company in the world. And she's absolutely right. During the next five years, cybercrime is likely to become the greatest threat to every person, place and thing in this world. Friends with evolving technology comes evolving hackers. Our best defense is to stay informed and learn from albeit scary, but useful cybersecurity statistics and facts. Some of the ones that I just presented to you. Go out, search out your own facts and see how these hackers are evolving and how they're attacking systems. Now, what would word in a weapon be without giving you the tools necessary to establish a good IT department within your own company, yourself, your family, your household? Don't worry about writing all these down. I'm going to give you several here. I'm going to give you eight of them. Uh, I'll put them, I'll drop them in the notes for you. I want you to research them and go and do what is best for you. You've got to make your own decision for your own company, which is you, and be the best IT department you can be. I'm going to give to you what I consider the order of importance. Number one, we have to start using antivirus protection and firewall. And that doesn't mean multiple. One is typically good in this. And, you know, in, in Word and a Weapon or anything that we do in the, in the safety and security space, I typically do say one is none, two, uh, two is one, one is none. But in this, what you will have, if, you get, if you're using multiple antivirus protections, you may have them working against each other. So typically one antivirus protection is good. And then you have, make sure you have your firewalls in place. Um, software has been, this software has been the most powerful solution to fight malicious attacks. And they continuously update based on the trends in the industry that they see. This blocks malware, other malicious viruses from ending your device and compromising your data. These antivirus softwares from trusted vendors and uh, use them from trusted vendors and only uh, run one AV tool on your device, just like I said. And don't forget, all your, your connected devices should have this, whether it's a phone or a laptop or a desktop. Make sure you have antivirus software on there. And then also it's important, like I said, to have a firewall. Uh, this, this helps in defending your data against malicious attacks. It screens out hackers, viruses, and, and other malicious activity that occurs sometimes over the internet. And it determines what traffic is allowed to flow through into your network and to enter into your device. Ensure also your router has a firewall and it's activated to prevent attacks on your network. Uh, what I would say is number two here is keep your software up to date. 
Uh, I'll just I'll just make a shout out here to my wife. She's one of those people who uh, don't routinely op op update her computer because she's always working and it seems like a bother sometimes. But if you would just set your op your automatic updates to update during midnight or one or two in the morning, you'd have a lot better opportunity for that. These software companies that put out this uh, these software you have on your computer, whether it's Windows or Mac, they continuously update their software and especially in the security risk space. So that's why we always want to be seeking for the latest and greatest offering from them. A lot of times you'll see it pop up. Hey, we need to update your computer. Always click yes on that or schedule it for after your work is done. One of the most important cybersecurity tips is to, uh, to, to mitigating ransomware is reinforcing your outdated software. This is in your operating system and all of your applications. Most major software developers ensure you have the latest and greatest updates to their security protocols. It is up to you, friends, to make sure they're installed almost as soon as they publish them. This helps remove critical vulnerabilities that hackers use to access your devices. These companies spend millions of dollars listening to the hacker space, listening into the dark web to figure out how they're being, how their software is being broken into and they put out updates as soon as possible. As soon as they can develop them, they put them out. So we have to do that. Here's a few quick tips to get you started. Like I said, turn on automatic system updates for your device, schedule them for a date and a time that's convenient for you. Make sure your desktop web browser uses automatic security updates as well. And make sure you're clicking to update and get the latest and greatest updates from your web browser and keep all your web browser plugins, all those fancy things that we like to use on our computer updated. Number three, and what I think is uh, one of the best things that we can do is we have to use start strong passwords and use a password management tool. How many times have you been to a website and you have to update your password and then you try to use a password that you use multiple times on multiple dis different systems across multiple different ranges? Listen, I know passwords are tough to remember. That's why I recommend using a password management tool. You've probably heard that strong passwords are critical to online security and it is absolutely true. Passwords are important to keeping hackers out of your data and we don't want to use things that are easily hackable. According to um, the National Institute Standards and Technology, NIST, new policy uh, password framework you should consider is this. Drop the crazy complex mixture of uppercase letters, symbols, and numbers opt for something more user-friendly, but it, with at least eight characters and a maximum length of 64 characters. Listen, I understand that seems overwhelming, but more and more these hackers are getting in because we have compromised passwords because we continue to use the same passwords over and over again. We get very cute with it and we use something personal from our lives that really is a mnemonic for us to help remember our passwords. Don't use the same password twice. Passwords should contain at least one lowercase letter, one uppercase letter, and one number, and four symbols, but uh, just not using the following, the ampersand, percent, hashtag, and at symbol. Those are typically compromised easier. Choose something that's easy to remember and never leave a password hint out in the open. I can just tell you of a personal story, not a personal story, but personal from the business perspective. I did a risk assessment at a... Uh, at a very high value targets location, his personal house. And he had a notepad out and it said new password, uh, a colon, and then the password written out right on the desk in his office in his main house. Listen, I, again, I'm just gonna commiserate with you. I know passwords are hard to remember and hard to keep up with, but we've gotta, again, use a digital password management tool. Never leave a, leave a password out in the open or publicly available. Reset your password when you forget it, but change it once per year as a general 
rule. If you want to make it easier to manage your passwords, like I said, try using a password management tool. You can try LastPass, which is a free, great tool for an individual. And I think they even have a $2 service, which gives you a little bit more of a platinum level experience with it. Um, so try that as well. Uh, again, LastPass, all one word, LastPass. It is a free resource tool they have out there for you. And there are several of them. Just find one that works for you and use it. Next, I want to talk about two-factor or multi-factor authentication. You should be doing this, especially if you have Facebook. Facebook is, is quickly becoming one of the most hacked sites, and, and the, this is a way to get into your social network and hack other people that you love and care about. Two-factor or multi-factor authentication is a service uh, that provides multiple layers of security to your standard password. Um, and without it, you'd normally enter a username and a password, but with two-factor, you're prompted to enter uh, one additional authentication method, such as a PIC, a PIC, a personal identification code, another password, or maybe even a fingerprint if you have one of those fancy phones uh, or one of those government computers. With multi-factor authentication, uh, you'd be prompted to enter more than two additional authentication methods. Listen, I know that's difficult. Um, it's sometimes cumbersome to do, especially if you're trying to do something fast, but it is absolutely worth it to have two-factor or even multi-factor authentication, something that you authenticate that you're trying to log in to something that you're trying to do. Another tip in, or, or tool that I'll give you is learn, you have to educate yourself on phishing scams. We want to be make sure we want to make sure we're very suspicious of emails, phone calls, private messages, anything that uh, purports to be from someone you know and you didn't solicit it. Uh, you know why a phishing scams with a p p h i s p h i s h i n g scams work uh, or are existing because they work. That's it. That's plain and simple. Uh, they're becoming nastier and nastier and more elaborate every year. In a phishing uh, scheme attempt, just to get you aligned here, the attacker poses as someone or something the sender or recipient would respond to in order to trick you into divulging credentials, clicking a malicious link, or opening an attachment that infects your system with malware, a Trojan horse, something that just comes onto your computer as one thing but is totally different. Um, and this often leads to a ransomware attack, too. We've uh, You saw this recently on the East Coast. Um, it, where they, they actually had to pay the ransom to get everything back online and working. And in fact, 90% of ransomware attacks originate from phishing attempts. Uh, a couple of important security tips to remember about phishing schemes is this. Don't open email from people you don't know or was unsolicited, you didn't ask for it. Know which links are safe. The easiest way to do that is when, you're, when you have doubt about something. And what we like to say here in the security space is if there is a doubt, then there is no doubt. Hover over links. Links that you hover over will tell you where they are directing to, if they're legitimate or not. Be suspicious of emails that are sent to you in general. Look and see where it came from and if there are uh, grammatical errors. It's been my experience that hackers don't hire proofreaders and their lack of translation skills are usually a dead giveaway. And malicious links, to think about this, can come from friends who have been infected too, so be extra careful. One of the other tips I'll give you this is, ba is back up your data regularly. Backing up your data regularly is an overlooked step in personal online security. The top IT and security managers in the world follow a simple rule called the 321 backup rule. What it is essentially is you'll keep three copies of your data on two different types of media, uh, a local or an external hard drive, and one copy in an offsite location, maybe a cloud storage or something like that. If you become, if you do become a victim of ransomware or malware, the only re way to restore your data is to erase your systems and restore with a recently performed backup. 
Uh, number seven, I'll list out here for you. This is something I think everybody knows, but I want to make sure that I talk about it. Don't use public Wi-Fi. Using public Wi-Fi without using a virtual private network opens you up to a lot of scams and a lot of phishing. Make sure that we use a VPN or a virtual private network if we are going to be in the public space in our Wi-Fi. That way, the traffic between your device and the VPN server is encrypted. It means it's much more difficult for a cyber criminal to obtain access to your data or uh, anything on your device. Use your cell network if you don't have a VPN when security is important. You can always download a VPN uh, on your cell phone as well. Uh, last but not least, make sure we're having a scheduled review of our online accounts and credit reports regularly and checking for changes. Take yourself on a date, an IT date. Schedule regular reviews of your accounts. This is what we say in the safety and security space. What gets scheduled gets done. Another effective tool is a credit freeze. A credit freeze is the most effective way for you to protect your personal credit information from excuse me, cyber criminals right now. Essentially, what a credit, credit freeze is this. It allows you to lock your credit and use a PIN or a personal identification number that only you will know. Then you use the PIN whenever you need to apply for credit or get credit. Yes, it is an extra step and it can be cumbersome, especially if you are applying for something right then and there. But it can be, it is a necessary step to prevent theft of funds. Friends, my final thoughts here is this. Hacking, phishing, malware incidents are becoming the number one cause of security breaches today. And it's only getting worse. What's, what, what's more troubling to me is this. These hacking attempts are very often, and like I said, almost 100% of the time, a result of human error somewhere in the chain of events. Education awareness are critical. They're important in the fight against cyber criminal activity and preventing security breaches. Be the best IT department you can be for yourself, your family, and maybe even your loved ones. If this episode blessed you in some way, please do two things for us here at Protectors Toolkit and Word and a Weapon. Leave us a review. People that leave reviews, we love. That's just how it is. And reviews tell your peers, hey, this is a good podcast to listen to. And also, last but not least, share it with someone you care about. Have a blessed day and always consume the word and have a weapon. Stay safe. Mm -hmm.